In the morning, my brothers and sisters in Christ, how are you today? Welcome to St. Mark Bemidji's podcast, the podcast that melts in your mind, not in your MP3 player. It can all seem overwhelming, can't it? After all, didn't Jesus say to us believers in Matthew 28, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. What? That wasn't a suggestion, was it? It was a command from Jesus. How am I supposed to do that? I'm not a pastor. I didn't study theology for years or go to seminary for a couple years. A rather unusual adage I like to use with my kids is, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. God knows we're not some Marvel superhero. We're not going to run out and save the world. No, God sent his son, Jesus, to fulfill that role and more. But we do have a part to play. A couple of verses from 1 Corinthians 12. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The ever-reliable Internet places the numbers of Christians in the world today in the hundreds of millions. So you don't have to be a hand or a foot or a mouth. You can be that useful mitochondria or that ribosome in a cell. Where would we be without those body parts? My point is, don't try to eat the elephant all at once. Be that willing member of the body of Christ. Maybe it's helping clean up after a church event. Maybe it's talking to that fellow over there in the corner who looks awkward before or after church. No job is too small to be important in the kingdom of God. Today's devotion comes out of Sioux City and is a sermon titled Love Unflappable. It's based on a reading from Romans 8 verses 28 through 39. And today I'm doing something I don't usually do. I'm republishing a sermon that I've recently used. I tried Adobe's AI, and you gave feedback loud and clear. Poor Pastor Allard sounds pretty bad. So, I cleaned up the audio as I usually do, and I'll leave the rest to the Spirit. He's got it well in hand. And now, on to today's devotion. I now read a portion of our second lesson, Romans 8, a portion of the lesson. No, in all these things... We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. So far the word. In all this, in all of this, we are more than conquerors. You're really putting a test for our faith here, Lord. You're really testing us. I can think of many things just in the state of 
Minnesota alone, the Cloquet Fire. 1,000 square miles of northeastern Minnesota burned to cinders. Many towns just gone off the face of the planet, and about 500 people were killed as well. The I-35 West bridge collapsed. Right? It's not hard to find these things, to pull these things off the internet. The Great Freeze, the Cold Snap of 96. Some of you maybe are too young to remember that. Maybe you remember that. The Minnehaha Academy explosion from a gas line. Or the hail that came on Friday and damaged certain sections of town. It is not hard to come up with a list of things that put our faith in promises like this. Promises like, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors. They put our faith to the test. But it is hard. In fact, I will say it is impossible. It has to be learned from a God. God has to teach us that his love for us is unflinching, it is unwavering. Today we are going to look, this is our theme, at God's unflappable love. Unflappable. God is never distracted, he never takes his eye off the ball, he knows exactly what he wants, and he wants you and me. Say. So today as we look at this unflappable love of God, we'll look first at the promise God makes, all for our good. And then we will ask the question that God himself is asking. Finally, it's not the apostle. God is saying, what then shall you say in response to my promise? What is the basis for believing and trusting in the unflappable love of God? Well, God summarizes it very tightly right at the beginning of our lesson. This is what he does in the salvation history of each human being. I'll read it again. It says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, and those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. There you have it. From foreknew to glorified, the two bookends of God saving a human being. But I think of all of those, the one we had the hardest one time with, the descriptor of our salvation is the word, you know it, predestined. It's quite a word. Choosing ahead of time. And I think we readily recognize in the course of our life, as especially as we get older, that our bodies are wearing out. We feel the aches and pains, right? Young people don't, do they? They don't feel any aches and pains, right? They have no problems. That's not true, is it? Young people have aches and pains as well, but they actually heal, and they heal faster, don't they? Right? But the part of us that we sometimes forget is also corrupted and wearing out, and not what it should be, is our sense of logic. Our sense of reason is currently broken. And so when God drops a word like, I predestined you, there is one of two ditches that you can fall into on that narrow road through the narrow door to heaven. And the one ditch is kind of like this. Oh, Pastor Allard is a pretty righteous dude. I mean, I'm the one up here preaching to you all, right? And I've got the white robes on. I don't see anybody else with those, right? You see? 
And this can happen to anybody who's connected to Jesus Christ. Jesus, at least I'll give credit to you, but you must have made me and created me a little bit more receptive to your promise that all these things, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. That's what you did. Except for the fact that God says in Isaiah chapter 53, all of us like sheep. And I can just stop there. All of us like sheep, right? That's what we are. Each of us turns to his own way. So that doesn't work. Then there's the other ditch, though, which is, okay, then, Lord, you must have pre-chosen some for hell. When you start to get confused over a word like predestined, go with what God wrote. And you can just simply go back. What did God actually say? And what does he say repeatedly? 2 Peter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness, but he is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish. There it is. Not wanting anyone to perish. 2 Corinthians 5, that chapter says, And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who raised them. 1 John 2 verse 2, 2 verse 2, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for our sins, but also for the sins of the whole world. Matthew 18, I love this one, it says, In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any, any of these little ones should perish. One last one, Titus 2, for the grace of God has appeared for the salvation of all. Do you see what God wants. I might even say, I might be so bold as to guess what he so desperately wants. He wrote it down. God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. That's what he wrote. Find me a verse that says he pre-chose people for hell, and I'll give you a billion dollars. I will. You won't find it. So our sense of reason is broken and cannot and should not think that we can fully understand other than this simple point. You moms and dads, do you ever, have you ever thought this even in your head? I want one of my children to be successful. Not all, just one. Now sometimes the sons and daughters might play the games with each other and say, yeah, your mom is boy, your daddy's girl, you're the favorite. And they, they joke and kid with each other and hopefully it's just kidding. But, but no. God wants what you moms and dads want. I want all of my kids to be successful. God, our Heavenly Father, wants all people to be saved. He wants every one of his sons and daughters to be successful for eternity. If you're confused, just think as a mom or dad does, and God does that perfectly. This is pure gospel, your brothers and sisters. Predestination is simply God saying, I live in your future. Don't, don't let that break your currently sense of broken logic. It's okay. Don't try to fully understand. I live in your future, and I am planning it, and I have carried it out. And I can play the God card and use the past tense for the future. I have already carried it out. You are glorified, past tense. This is the gospel promise. Pure gospel. And if we doubt, then look at God presents to you, the first four.
You see in our lesson, he references it, verse 29. A successful prototype of God's plan to save. The first one, Jesus Christ. Why do we do prototypes in this world? I might just give the example of SpaceX. Heard of that company? It's becoming like the biggest company in the world. SpaceX, right? Starship. The a heavy lift vehicle, almost 400 feet tall. It has like 13 million pounds of thrust. It's the biggest, most powerful rocket ever. And it's the biggest, most powerful rocket ever that exploded as well. Blew up. That's okay, they're making another one. That's what we do. We create prototypes and keep refining and refining and refining until it works. But God has a great track record of he puts forth his first prototype of salvation, Jesus Christ, and says, Now, I am going to conform to his image, all you brothers and sisters. All of you. And I know you hear the word conform, and that's kind of scary. Right? Conform, not in this case. Put aside Jesus' divine nature just for a second. Think of him just as a human being, right? Jesus Christ, the human being who fell asleep in the middle of a storm on the Sea of Galilee in the back of the ship. Now, you could say he was dead tired, yeah, granted, but he so perfectly trusted his father that he knew he wouldn't die. And even if he did, which he couldn't, he'd be okay. That's the kind of human being that God wants to conform us to. You have the same human being who can say, guys, hey, 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 look at that woman in the temple courts putting the money in the treasury box here. She just put two copper coins in. That's all she put in. But you know what? She gave more than everybody else here. A human being who can see things as they are, who can see the truth. A human being who, after a long day of work, looked at the crowds gathering around some house, some place where he was going to go to bed for the night, and he looked at the crowds with compassion. Full stop. With compassion? Like sheep without a shepherd. Don't you start to feel it in your gut? Make me like that human being, God. Conform me to Jesus Christ. I want that. I want that peace. And God says, it will be so. God says, don't worry. When I drop promises like this, I will fulfill them to the letter because I've got overwatch over your life. That's kind of a military term, right? Overwatch. you got the guy in the tower who's looking out for the rest of his team and watching for the enemies and giving them warnings. God can see your entire lifespan in front of him right now, and he's got overwatch. And he doesn't fall asleep. And he doesn't just see the present or the future days of your life. He affects it. He affects it. So God asks, okay, what charge can anyone bring against you? If I don't, he says, who can separate you from my love then? And we might say, Lord, you might want to just sit down for a while, have a seat, make yourself comfortable, because there's a lot of people who might be charging me with guilt. I can think of in my life. And there's a whole lot of things that can I can think of that can separate me from your love, including myself. And to that, God says, yeah, your enemies. That's what you're talking about, right? Daughter, son. 
your enemies, including that sinful nature within you, the enemy. I have overruled them. All. I have overcome them. And one of the most poignant verses that highlights this is a surreal scene. It's in verse 23. And when you hear Psalm 23, I should say, when you hear Psalm 23, you think, oh, peaceful, pastoral. But there is a surreal verse in there that says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. This is God saying, daughter, come, have some lotion poured over your head. That's what the oil was for dry, cracked, desert kind of skin. You know, have some oil. Son, here, have a cup of wine. Drink. All of you, my sons and daughters, eat. Enjoy. It's a festival. And your enemies are there at the other side of the table, grinding their teeth in hatred. And they can't touch they can't even take the joy and peace out of your head and heart. I have overruled your enemies. Overcome. My unflappable love is yours. In fact, God calls us Hipper Nikahu. More than conquerors is how it's translated in the English. I like to translate it a little bit more literally. You are hyper-winners. Hyper-winners. That is the reality. And if you're not feeling that hyper-winning kind of attitude or perception, you're not feeling that like a winner right now, then think of the accidents of history, right? I'll give the example of the bubonic plague, the Black Death. 14th century. How many people died? If anybody knows their history, at least one out of every three people died. Some say up to 60% of Europeans died. Okay? Now, I'm not going to trivialize when I say what I do next. I'm not trivializing the pain of those who are left behind. But here it is. After the Black Death, there were far fewer workers. And suddenly the workers found themselves in demand and can start to dictate things to the people who had employed them, and that old Dark Ages concept of serfdom, of kind of a semi-slavery that you lived in your whole life, the serfdom began to decline, and in its place began to rise modern economic structures, even things like the middle class. And it started with the Black Death. Now, I'm not going to say that that was the only factor that contributed to the rise of the middle class. It was one of them. And it could be things in your life, too. You go to the doctor on Monday, let's say, and the doctor is seeing you for some malady that you're aware of, but then he finds something even worse. But he nips it, nips it in the bud, and you're okay. It could be a natural disaster for a community. And then after that, the community gets more resilient and bonds. It can be a rabbi. hanging on a cursed tree. And all guilt of all people of all time paid. We can't see everything, can we? Our broken sense of logic can't understand everything right now, can it? Like things like predestination, right? But considering what that rabbi did on the cross, can we not say it? God asking us, shall you not say it? 
that I am more than a conqueror in Jesus Christ. And then I'm convinced that neither death and not even life and all the things that can happen before you die, not angels nor demons, not the present, not even that horrifying thing called the future, nothing else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God. Amen. We hope that today's meditation on God's Word has enriched you. Divine services are held right here in Bemidji, Minnesota at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Sunday school and adult Bible study is also offered between our Sunday services at 9.15 a.m. Our church services are live-streamed at 8 a.m. on Sunday mornings and are available afterwards on our channel, St. Mark Lutheran Church Bemidji. If you're listening or watching this podcast, you are cordially invited to join us in person next week and every week. This is our fourth year producing this podcast, and there is a large archive of devotional material online available if you want to learn more about God and His Word. Visit www.stmarkbemidji.org or look in the show notes in this podcast for a link to this and many other meditations on God. You can also search for St. Mark Bemidji on YouTube to find our channel. If you have any questions or you would like more information about our church and its ministry, please visit our website, which is once again, www.stmarkbemidji.org. All scripture readings are taken from the Holy Bible, New International Version, copyright 2011, and are used by permission from Zondervan. Meditation's daily devotional is published by Northwestern Publishing House and is also used by permission. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing and telling a friend. May God bless the rest of your day. salvation free lasting to eternity